Hey everyone, welcome to another edition of the Fox 12 Weather Podcast. This is episode 36. I'm meteorologist Jeff Forgeron, joined by our very own chief meteorologist, Mark Nelson. Hey, Mark. Hey, good afternoon, Jeff. Um, pretty nice day, huh? Don't you think? Nice. A little bit warm. warm. Yeah, we're pushing 80. Might hit 80 for the first time. By the way, we're recording this on June 2nd. Have yet to hit 80 so far this year at PDX. Still. But, man. Still. You know, and we're technically 10 days away from the latest arrival of an 80-degree day. We're getting close to that record. I think it could happen today. We were just Jeff and I were just discussing as we were as we were prepping for this podcast, and we see some clearing. It's kind of warm and humid, so it might happen. It's seventy-seven. You said at this hour, right? Is that what mm-hmm. I said? You yeah, said it that. is. Yep. Yeah, seventy-seven. So we will see what happens. We will see. Yeah, and uh, you know, June first marks the start of meteorological summer. We do that. We we you know break up the the seasons by three months for record keeping purposes. So we just finished up meteorological spring and boy <laughs> what a difference between 2021 mark and 2022 we 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 actually ended up with over about 10 inches more rain wow. than last year at pdx which means it hardly rained last year it was yeah. the driest spring on record i believe yeah it was it was uh, by the way i'll go on a quick rant here i'll try not to belabor it but uh so so we call this the beginning of meteorological spring because we uh for weather purposes in the uh, around the globe, it's easiest to just cat- put weather uh, into months, right? So summer is June, July, August. Winter in the northern hemisphere is December, January, February. And then the three months in between on each side are fall and spring. Um, and it's always funny because when we get to that calendar date, which is on there, the uh, I mean, technically it's like the astronomical beginning of summer, right? That's what we all see on our calendar. I always call that the traditional start. And it drives me nuts when I hear news anchors say the official start to summer. It's like, there's nothing official about it. I mean, nobody is proclaiming that's the day. It's not a government. If anything, here's my argument, Jeff. This is a provocative statement. Okay, I'm on a tear. Okay. I, one could argue that the official start to summer in North America is June 1st because that's when NOAA says summer starts. So how about that? Well, and I'll add to that. It's different wherever you go in terms of astronomical summer because the sun angle is different. The daylight hours are different from place to place, different latitudes. So sure. I mean, don't we have different to- start times for astronomical summer, depending um, on location? Yeah, it, it's true, uh, well, I suppose. Yeah, but I was also thinking it's really it, – let's talk like normal people. Um, <laughs> it's really about like what you're going to be wearing. If you're in, um, let's say, Alabama <laughs> or Arkansas or Missouri, I mean, summer could feel like it shows up in mid-May, right? Because it's true. already warm and you're wearing shorts and stuff. Whereas, uh, you know, in, in our climate, sometimes summer doesn't seem to start until July 5th. That's always a big joke, but um, – Whatever. Anyway, I'm done with my rant. Let's talk about the cool spring. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so wow. uh, actually, you you have a lot of the stats, Mark. So why don't you start to dive into those, and we'll we'll talk about it. Jeff, I just came in here from the weather center, and uh, I showed Camilla my little tiny page of notes. It's a half little sheet size, and I crammed all these little letters and numbers into it. So, all right. So let's call it meteorological spring, March through May. In Portland, it was our coolest spring since 2011. Mm. Um, number 41 coolest. So that's uh, kind of near the average. Actually, that's only slightly cool. Now, remember, that's March through May. So, but if we just take April through May in Portland, it was the coolest since 2011 again, but it was the 24th coolest. So that's in the top third. So in this case, it was really about April and May with the temperatures, even more so with the precipitation. So let's talk about precip. In Portland, um, meteorological, March, April, May, wettest since 2017 and that is Hmm. the eighth wettest as well so you know it was at the high end there Um, but then 
if we go just April and May, those just those two months, we had nine and a half inches of rain in Portland, and that was the wettest. Uh oh, wait, my text is too small. Wet. Oh yeah, wettest April and May since 1996, and the third wettest on record. So yes, these last eight weeks have been excessively wet. That's the rain. What about April alone? Oh my gosh! You know what? Out of this entire half sheet, Jeff, I don't have anything about April alone. I think it was the wettest on record, wasn't it? Didn't we end the month? Oh, you're what? right. Yes. Yeah, so right. April, April really, you know, pushed those numbers up. In in total, March, April, May, almost twelve and a half inches of rain. The three months combined last year was about two and a half inches of rain. So yeah, yeah. you and yeah. I know a lot of a lot of complaints. I don't want to hear about the drought anymore in you know Western or you know what <laughs> oh, we've Most, covered that. Yes, I know, but this is why we were talking about it because it was drastically drier last spring. Exactly. Uh, one more stat here. A Salem, uh, I did the Salem numbers as well because I needed to fill in the last little gaps in my sheet. Uh, in Salem, 9.44 inches. So actually, that's pretty close for April and May. Portland had nine. Wow, actually, Portland and Salem were within a tenth of an inch. In Salem, that was the wettest since 1993. Oh, my gosh, I can't read my notes. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Wait, it's I okay. have the wettest since 1896. And that's the, oh my gosh, I just destroyed our podcast. Anyway, in Salem, something was the wettest since 1896. I think that was the April-May combo was the wettest since 1896. That said, 1991, 93, and 1996 had similar totals to this. So it's interesting. We had three wet springs there, uh, Aprils and Mays at least. And how about penalty? I think only one of those ended up being a cool summer. Did you uh, did you jot down any notes for Central and Eastern Oregon? Because I know you mentioned an important stat about may rainfall in pendleton recently was it did it end up being the wettest ever it was it was either second wettest or wettest ever I think, you, it was it? the se- it was the second wettest it ever. was okay i yeah. didn't know what the final was most i think they had one out of those three inches in one day was it last weekend yeah uh, and there yeah. were you know flood watches out there actually i think they ended up issuing a couple flood warnings for local rivers but um yeah uh it was an eventful spring and that sure helped push back fire season so jeff i got one more thought here um, and then I will be quiet for a moment. Um, so March, April, and May, that's how we, you know, we talk about spring is those three months. It really was about April and May because March was drier than average. And right. then, of course, April and May were wetter than average. Same thing with the temperatures. March was 1.6 degrees above average. I mean, March, the month of March, I was thinking, oh, here comes another mild and dry spring, I guess. But no, so one and a half degrees above average for March, but then three degrees below for April and two and a half degrees below for May. So it really was, there was that sudden change about the time it snowed, actually, it was that weekend just before it snowed is when there was a change. Right. And since that time, it's like a, a switch flipped. And uh, yeah, so this is a memorable one, but we have had significantly cooler May. Uh, I'm sorry. We have had significantly cooler springs in this one. This was not any sort of record-setting cool or wet spring, I would argue, right. with someone on that if they thought it was like crazy. Oh, wait. I did have one more good one, Jeff. Okay. Okay. Yay. In Salem, actually, this kind of applies to Portland, but in Salem, uh, it was the coolest, you know, meteorological spring since 2012. But this spring was warmer than most springs between 1950 and 1980. Huh. And I, I noticed I pick out those specific date that those specific um, decades. It was actually warmer before that time, and then it was kind of a cool period there, 50s through the 70s. And so this kind of a spring was actually rel- relatively common, actually, 1950s, 60s, and 70s. Interesting. And Salem is one of those cities that's kind of separated from the urban heat island effect. Yes. Like 
So it's a good one to look at for, you know, long term. That's, you're right, Jeff. That's why I choose that one. There hasn't been much change. I mean, yeah, the airport's starting to get surrounded by more development, but um, not, not so much until recently. So, yeah, I mean, this is, uh, if you're older, like me, if you're in their 50s, 60s, or 70s, this kind of a spring is like, eh, I've seen it before. So, yeah, this is nothing record setting. It wasn't caused by climate change, nothing like that. It was just, it was time. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of complaints still about people can't start their garden. I mean, it's been soggy. And, yeah. but, uh, and, and a lot of people are thinking, what is summer going to be like? And now that we're in June um, and we're, you know, quickly approaching the three sure. parades in the, the, the Rose Festival, um, the weather pattern does look like it's going to be a bit up and down over the next week or so, but we're finally starting to you know, feel more summer-like weather out there. Starlight Parade is this upcoming Saturday. Mark, you're going to be out on the parade route. Is that correct? Man on the street. I'm the one that goes and talks to, uh, you know, uh, Angel, the uh, clown prince, and uh, go up to people and say, hey, are you having fun? You know, on the floats. And it's it's kind of, a, it's like two hours or an hour and a half of havoc, but it's pretty fun. And, and it looks like we're going to have a pretty juicy air mass streaming in and yeah. uh, a decent little disturbance that's going to, Bring a steady round of rain. It looks like sometime between the mid to late afternoon and lasting through the evening at least. So, yep. um, and that's not the only thing happening. Uh, there's a there's also a race uh, Saturday afternoon and evening, I believe. Do you I, mean the Starlight like, Run? The Starlight Run. Well, yeah, yes, or, yeah, Starlight Run. Yeah, it's just immediately ahead of the parade. Okay, there you just go. From the hour before. So that'll be wet. Um, at least it'll be a slightly warmer wet, probably around sixty. I think my main message these next two days. We've got the cover, and I'm not just promoting because, you know, we work at Fox 12, but it's like, this will be one of those parades. Uh, if you watch it from home, you're going to be the most comfortable. I know it's fun to go out on the parade route, but um, and I don't want to discourage anybody, but you're going to be sitting under dripping rain uh, probably most, if not all, of the evening, at least half the evening, let's say. Um, not downpours, but just a steady, light rain. Yeah, steady rain. Uh, and it, But you know what? It doesn't look like all of the parades are going to be wet. So we're going to deal with – we'll transition back to on and off showers Sunday. But then we get into Monday, Tuesday time frame and certainly Wednesday, and another high-pressure system starts to build over the West Coast. So we're going to see more sunshine. We're going to start to warm up. Junior Parade is Wednesday. I will be in that parade. Um, and and Jeff, looks, go what ahead. are you going to be doing in that parade? We want to hear. What, what, what is your role? I've been asked to just – sit in a vehicle and <laughs> and <laughs> ride down the parade route, which I've never done before. Um, and, you know, I asked our news director, so who am I going to be with? He said, you're going to be by yourself. And I thought to myself, no way. I am bringing Pepper the weather dog. So we are going to have, More. yes, Pepper is going to be out there. She's going to be greeting her fans and uh, it's going to be a good day, I think. And I believe the parade is from one to three, if I'm not mistaken. That's, so that'll yeah. be. I really like that parade because it's a much mellower, you know, the kids are young. It's a kids for the kids. So it's more like a small town parade, I think. It's going to be great. And uh, get this, Pepper is not great with young kids. So we should see how that plays out. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, um, nobody nobody approaches the car. So that's good. Well, that's Yeah, that, that, that'd that be good. Um, and then, of course, the Grand Floral is followed uh, the following. So it's a week from this Saturday, the Grand Floral Parade. And yep. it's very much up in the air how the weather is going to play out that day. Um, but the whole crew is going to be out there. Andy and, and Kim are going to be emceeing or they're going to be, you know, they're going to be the voices of the Grand Floral Parade. Tony will be along the parade route. And I will be out there early from 6 to 10 during Good Day Oregon interviewing people along the parade route and, of course, bringing your weather on Good Day Oregon. So we're really excited about all the, the festivities. And it's really nice that it's everybody's going to be out there. It's going to be in person once again. Um, 
Uh, but it, it's fun. It would... I mean, it's it's fun in a tire. I mean, we get paid to do this. So, uh, you know, we're, we're getting paid late. Like you get later in your career like me and you're like, oh, I did some really fun, interesting stuff. At the time, it seemed like a lot of work. And it is sometimes. But it's like, you know, we're not digging ditches. You're waving from a car <laughs> or right. you're going on the street and you get to chat with people. And half the time you get to talk with those people on the street. You know, you just go up and talk to them like a normal person. Like, hey, what are you, you, what are you looking forward to? What's your favorite part of the parade? And half the time they want to sit there and chat weather with you. We, Jeff, you and I as weather meteorologists always kind of have the end. There's always something somebody can talk to us about as opposed to a reporter. Mm-hmm. They'll be like, oh, thanks for the rain or, hey, thanks for the dry weather, Jeff. You know, you know how, so that's always a great conversation starter. So um, I look back at some of those things and, and think um, that was a fun part of my career. I, I don't want to make that sound past tense. I'm not leaving. But I'm just saying it's been fun. Are you saying that you're getting old, Mark? Well, slowly, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I totally agree. Anybody that spots one of us in public, it, it's all about the weather. And yeah, I'm getting my house painted in the next week or two, and the conversations are they're oh. they're a little bit too long. Yeah, those those ones will carry on with the painter because you know being a painter, sure, the weather drives your business. So, oh yeah. Um, so June, obviously we're in the month of June, early in June, average high at PDX is in the low seventies, around 72. By the end of the month, average highs climb into the upper seventies. We usually pick up about technically one in 63 hundredths of an inch of rain at PDX. That's our average for the month. And we could very well pick up that amount in a matter of two days between Saturday and Sunday. So it looks like we're going to be off to a wet start for the month of June. Yeah, one thing we, we sometimes forget about, even me as a meteorologist here my whole, mostly, most well, all my career and most of my life, um, is that as we warm things up in the spring and head into summer, when we do get moisture, we can, you know, it can really rain. People from other parts of the country know this, that the uh, warm season rain can be really heavy because there's a lot more moisture in the air as the air mass warms up. So when we get these southwesterly flows, I mean, we can get dumped on as opposed to, you know, most of the time in the winter, it's a pretty steady light to moderate rain. But um We'll see if we get a good dumping. You know, last weekend, the models, did you notice that? The Euro and the, was it the GFS too? They overdid the rain a bit mm. in the lowlands. Mm-hmm. We got, what, six-tenths of an inch, and I expected an inch or so. So we'll see. I figure we're guaranteed a half inch. And if we get over an, if we get over an inch, it's like, oh, okay, wow, they were right on. That's Yeah. Fun. I'll be curious to see how this one plays out. Um, it is linked to a weak to moderate atmospheric river, which is just a, a stream of moisture coming in yeah. from the tro- subtropics. So that tends to enhance rainfall rates a little bit more. Um, a lot of moisture, yeah. And today we're, we're also tracking some thunderstorms along and east, mostly along and east of the Cascades. So that's part of that southwest flow, Mark, that you were describing. Yeah. Uh, this is the time of year where we can get these disturbances. We have warm air at the surface, so it can create some instability. And um, so we're going to, we're kind of entering thunderstorm season if, you know, we are late yeah. spring and fall is tends to be the most active. Yeah, and what we want just for the geeks out there, and some of the geeks know this, the weather 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 geeks like us. Um, west of the Cascades, the best is a straight southerly flow or southeasterly flow. I mean, easterly is good too, uh, in the upper atmosphere. So we want, uh, and, and that's usually associated with some sort of upper level disturbance moving overhead. Whereas over and east of the Cascades, southwesterly flow is great for thunderstorms. Um, because, you know, a lot of times the deal is that. Um, if we get a push of cool air coming in from the ocean, often that just kills our thunderstorm threat. I can't think. I can't think of how many dozens of times in the summertime I've thought, okay, this could be the day. Clouds are building. Clouds are starting to build, 
and then the cool ocean air comes in and everything just kind of flattens out and we don't get thunderstorms and the big ones form over the Cascades. So, um, yeah, they often get cut off by the marine air, but um, we'll see. Well, something could happen this evening or, or overnight. That something could just randomly pop up. Always a possibility. Well, and it's always – these storms tend to be favored over the higher terrain. So we usually see them fire over the Cascades. Sure. And that steering flow is crucial. You just said southeasterly flow. And I know a lot of people listening right now – Get the southeasterly versus southwesterly confused. I did that a lot during school. So just think of it this way. If the flow is coming out of the southwest, it's southwesterly. If it's coming oh. out of the southeast, it's southeasterly. So if you think about a thunderstorm right over Mount Hood, for instance, if the flow is coming out of the southeast, it has a better chance of pushing it into our western valleys. If it's coming out of the southwest, the flow has a better chance of pushing it off into central Oregon. So – that's Great kind of yeah, that's good. yeah. You got to think about it that way. So um, we'll have to wait and see if we get any thunderstorm action this summer. And you know, our our vegetation is much more wet, so we're not as prone no. to seeing something spark up west of the Cascades. But anyways, that's just kind of me rambling here. So oh, no, uh, what? It's, yeah, the vegetation's wet. I just mowed, and uh, I, I'm except my battery powered mower ran out of juice. But I've got about a foot high grass near my blueberries. I need to get mowed down. So I'm thinking, yeah, it didn't happen today. I guess it's going to be next Tuesday or Wednesday. You know, Mark, I'm having the same problem. My battery for my battery-powered mower keeps dying on me before I finish the lawn. And it's it's struggling with this wet, juicy grass. I thought it was the battery. It may be the battery dying, but it's interesting that you're having the same problem. Well, no, mine is is my own fault. I didn't didn't charge it the last one or two times afterwards. I'm like, yeah, it's probably got plenty of juice, and then I see one bar. No, it helps to actually charge it. Yeah, well, that's true. That was my problem. Um, okay, and really quickly wanted to mention that uh, May 15th was the start of hurricane season in the eastern right. Pacific Ocean. So that's the near the west coast of Mexico. And on Monday, this previous this past Monday, uh, the first hurricane of the season was named and made landfall in the uh, Mexican state of Oaxaca. That was Hurricane Agatha as a Category 2. Interestingly enough, Mark, the circulation has drifted over Mexico – now it's making oh, yeah? its way into the Atlantic, and it I don't think it's been named her, uh, Tropical Storm Alex just yet, but it's on the verge of becoming Alex. Now, um, oh, it's actually tro- potential Tropical Cyclone 1, so it's getting very close to being a named storm. Mark, uh, this was something – this is kind of an interesting subject. Okay, let's say that a system forms in the Pacific Ocean. It becomes a tropical storm, so it gets its name. So Agatha, mm-hmm. for instance. Sure. If it were to have maintained tropical storm strength over Mexico and entered the Atlantic Ocean, it would have stayed tropical storm Agatha. But because Wait. the okay, go well, ahead. Because the circulation was intact, but it became kind of just a remnant low. If it reforms into a tropical storm now, it will take on a new name based off the Atlantic names. It will become tropical storm Alex. Do you get that? Yeah. So I was always kind of confused. I wasn't sure if it would get the the same name since it was the same circulation. But it has to do if it it stays together or not and where it forms or reforms for that matter. So, um, yeah, there was a lot of confusion in one of our meteorologist Facebook pages. And I thought that I would clear the air on that. So you might hear about Alex forming in the next day or so. Ooh, as Mark scurries off to check out that Facebook group that always has good gossip in it. Exactly. The meteorologist, yeah. broadcast meteorologist Facebook group. Yeah. Yeah, and that system I, I, might I actually bring. I missed it. <laughs> there you go. That that system, by the way, if it becomes 
regardless of what it becomes, it looks like it's going to be a heavy rainmaker for Southern Florida. Um, all right. So that's kind of the, you know, the highlights of June so far. I mean, we're only, you know, a day and a half, two days in, but did you want to add anything else, Mark? Uh, I, I don't know if I have anything else that I want to No, add. I think we, we covered everything. We're going to get this shipped off to uh, Adam Eckroth, our producer, and he does a great job, and it'll be dropping. Well, if you're listening, it probably already dropped into your podcast feed. So well, and I, enjoy and the I hope wet every, weekend. Yeah, so enjoy I'll the weekend. And, and I hope you enjoy the warm weather. We have another warm stretch coming, it looks like, it, during early to midweek of next week. So uh, stay tuned for adjustments on the forecast. And thanks for tuning in to this episode 36 of the Fox 12 Weather Podcast. We'll be talking to you all soon. So stop your waiting and hesitating and tell us, please tell us about the weather.